Gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and neighbors, this is Precious D, and welcome back to 31 Days of Horror. Day number 17. My good friend, Dead Juicler, also known as Jed Deusler, is back with me today as we discuss another Bruce Campbell masterpiece, Army of Darkness. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. <laughs> this is from 1992. It is, so it's like four years later. I thought it was five years later. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I'm sure you're looking at Five right. years, five years, five years. It's a direct sequel to our Evil Dead 2, picks up right where it left off, but it was filmed five years later or released five years later. Once again, directed by Sam Raimi, written by Sam and Ivan Raimi. I'm not familiar with Ivan. Isn't that his brother? He must be. He is an American emergency medical physician and screenwriter and a brother filmmaker, Sam Raimi and actor Ted Raimi. So I guess he spends most of his time doing doctor shit. Right. <laughs> Occasionally. I just like. That's why we haven't heard of him. Right. It's like filmmaker slash you know emt yeah 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 <laughs> produced by robert tappert again and music by joseph loduca produced by dino de Laurentiis communications and renaissance pictures distributed by universal jesus 81 <laughs> minutes 88 minutes international budget of 11 million this time but a box office of 21.5, which just goes to show you got to spend money to make money. Mm-hmm. It stars Bruce Campbell again as Ashley Ash, Jay Williams, and Evil Ash. And multiple little tiny ashes. Yeah. M. Beth Davids as Sheila. Marcus Gilbert as Lord Arthur. Not King Arthur, just Lord the Arthur. Lord Arthur. Ian Abercrombie as Wise Man, <laughs> Richard Grove as Duke Henry the Red, Timothy Patrick Quill as Blacksmith, Michael Earl Reed as Goldtooth, Bridget Fonda as Linda. It makes no sense whatsoever. Bridget fucking Fonda as Linda, who just appears in a little recap flashback at the beginning. At the beginning and the end of the movie. Yeah. She's in the bookends of the movie, and is she's you know, at the end. I don't remember her at the end. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of, end. I was kind of dozing it's, off. A it's little one bit. of my. I mean, I know we're getting ahead here, but it's one of my favorite little scenes. You know, it's he's finishing telling up his entire story, and this thing starts. This dead eye starts coming at him, and he just pushes his girlfriend out of the way. Well, I thought. So you think that's her at the end that he's that he's talking to? Because she because Linda should be dead. Right. I know. She should be dead at the beginning of the movie. But no, I... no, no. Angela Featherstone is S-Mart store girl. Oh, uh, okay. So his girlfriend was played by who then? Bridget Fonda. I guess I didn't recognize her in the movie. Well, I didn't either. <laughs> daughter, of, daughter of Peter Fonda. Granddaughter <laughs> of Henry Fonda. <laughs> Niece of Jane Fonda. 
did not recognize her in the movie, I guess. Yeah, and it's not like this was at the beginning of her career. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't understand it. <laughs> I guess, I guess it's so they could put it in the. She was just. I mean, maybe, maybe she was just on the this... the movie though. She was just on the lot that day. I don't know. <laughs> maybe no, she's friends there. with some. I mean, it was De Laurentiis. Maybe he was like, uh, "Oh, hey, Jane." Ran into her in the studio cafeteria and said, "Hey, you want to come film for about five minutes?" He's all eating a sandwich. What you doing later? <laughs> want to be in a movie? Okay, I got a little, got a little time between between scenes in leather jackets and single white female. Sure, I can go. I'm wrapped for the day on singles. Right. These are movies that came out in '92 that she's that she's in. Oh yes, I remember <laughs> one, w- once again, thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> anyway, we have Bill Mosley as Dead Eye Captain, Patricia Tallman as Possessed Witch, Ted Raimi as Cowardly Warrior, Second Supportive Villager, and Anthony the Smart Clerk, and Skeleton Voices. <laughs> so Sam really getting a lot of a lot of work out of his brother Ted. I did I mention? Did I mention everybody. I was on? I was on an episode of How Did This Get Made recently, correcting them about Ted Raimi. Were you? <laughs> they have those 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 uh, follow up episodes. They used to be mini episodes, but now they've gotten too long to call mini episodes. They have the corrections and omissions, and they had said that Sam Raimi was in this scene in this movie, and I that he produced, and I called them up to say that was not Sam, that was Ted. Uh, that was <laughs> the first time That's I've called exactly him. Exactly. Like- something you would do yeah 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 i'm looking for other options it seems like a lot a lot of the same names i hear on those what you're trying to tell me yeah i hear a lot of the same names on corrections and omissions so i think maybe it's not that hard to get on there (laughs) so if i notice purpose they can have content for another show yeah if i notice anything in the future i I will definitely call again right All right, let's get into this uh, Wikipedia summary. Thank you, Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. If you haven't donated to Wikipedia lately, get on that. Having been accidentally transported to the Middle Ages, like you do, Mm -hmm. Ash Williams is captured by Lord Arthur's men. So at the end of the last movie, the ritual to get rid of the demon opened up a portal back to the Middle Ages, and Ash and his car went through it. And he... Once he's there, the first thing, only thing he really wants to do is get back to the future. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Ash Williams is captured by Lord Arthur's men who suspect him of being a spy for Duke Henry. So they kind of redo the, at the end, he shoots a dead eye. They they start to attack him and then he shoots a flying demon and they're all like, yay. But now he's, that's not what happens this time. Right. Once again, another, another timeline or something. Yeah. Alternate, alternate timeline. Uh, they suspect him of being a spy for Duke Henry with whom Arthur is at war he is enslaved along with the captured Henry his shotgun and his shotgun and chainsaw are confiscated and he is taken to Arthur's castle you know he still hasn't had that stump properly treated and now he's in the middle ages that is going to get infected pretty sure it's infected yeah but at least it was very folks if you haven't seen it if you weren't listening he had to cut off his own possessed hand with a chainsaw in the last movie and then attached the chainsaw with a harness to his stump. Mm-hmm. So he's still, this is the same day as far as he's concerned. Right. 
he should probably have passed out from blood late. loss by now. Yes. Because there's no, there's no, and there's no cauterizing the wound scene or anything like that. So it should still be bleeding pretty badly. You've got the director's cut. Maybe it's in there. <laughs> Ash is thrown in a pit where he kills a deadite and regains his weapons from Arthur's wise man. After demanding that Henry and his men be set free and killing a deadite publicly, Ash is celebrated as a hero. Yay! So he got there. It just took a little longer. Mm-hmm. He grows attached to Sheila, the sister of one of Arthur's fallen knights. So apparently no grieving period whatsoever for Linda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, according to the wise man, the only way that Ash can return to his time is through the magical Necronomicon Ex Mortis. Ash then starts his search for the Necronomicon as he enters a haunted forest. An unseen force pursues Ash into a windmill, and he crashes into a mirror. Small reflections of Ash in the mirror shards come to life, with one becoming a life-size copy of him, after which Ash kills and buries it. When he arrives at the Necronomicon's location, he finds three books instead of one, and asks to determine which one is real. This is also where you start to get the sense that it's going to be a little bit more comedy than than anything else during this scene itself mm-hmm. you, you start to get some of that comedy yeah first of all he's talking out loud to himself yes. well, I suppose it is. it's another and it's another big section of the film with him just mm-hmm. doing crazy shtick by himself against special effects yes very yeah go ahead <laughs> realizing at the last moment that he has forgotten the last word of the phrase that will allow him to remove the book safely Klatu Barada Nikto, which listeners may recall is from The Day the Earth Stood Still. Did you say it correctly? Did you say everything, the words, absolutely correct? I did. I think they pronounce, it's Klatu Barada Nikto, but I think they're pronouncing it slightly different in the movie. I can't remember now how they said it, though. One of my favorite. Like, Vic, like Victo or something. In a, in a, in a <laughs> yeah. horror movie. I'm pretty sure. Especially that scene. He's trying to say it, and he cannot remember what the last word is. So what does he do? He just, he, he says the first more. two words, by the way, he says the first two words, and they get this, um, hold on, let me see if I can do it here with my, uh, with my microphone. They get the first part of the word there, and they get, how do you say it? Klatu Barata Nikto. Klatu Barata. So you get this very domineering, oh. And then he just completely cannot remember the very last. Yeah. <laughs> he just tries to cough it out. Yeah, he mumbles and coughs his way through it. He grabs the book and begins rushing back. Meanwhile, unknown to Ash, his ruse has failed and his body's copy rises from the dead, uniting other deadites into the Army of Darkness. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Upon his return, I find it interesting this movie is just called Army of Darkness. It's not, and on my director's cut, Bruce Campbell versus Army of Darkness, but it is right, not called, yeah, it's not called Evil Dead 3. It's not called Army of Evil Dead. No. So I don't know why they were not consciously or overtly trying to connect it in the marketing. I don't know, because to me, it's a completely different movie from the very beginning. It is, but... You know, there somebody watched the first movie and and might be interested in this one, so you might want to, you know. Yeah, but but if <laughs> and there's a recap, the especially with sequels back then, sequels followed a very specific kind of deal. It's it's the same as the first movie, but a little different. 
So yeah, that was not the case at all with this one. No, so no. And we've been in the universe, I think. We've been going through the Resident Evil movies, and one thing we really appreciate is is that each of them's a little different. Whereas when we looked at you do that with video game movies, when we looked at that, when we looked at Fright Night, although we enjoyed the sequel, it was very much the same movie over again. Yeah. And of course, Evil Dead 2, as we said in the last episode, is mm-hmm. is a second draft of Evil Dead 1. Right. And but that's but like I said, that's, that's the whole movie making process. That's how it used to have to be. You know, mm-hmm. they, they've started to break that mold finally a little bit. Yeah. And also what they've also kind of gone off for a second. They've also stopped having to like they did with Spider-Man. They don't have to give you the origin story. It's like we know. Yeah. You, all of these movies, you right? Know, even if you've never read the comic, you know what happened to Uncle Ben. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this sequel definitely goes in a different direction. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. So, upon his return, Ash demands to be returned to his own time. However, Sheila is abducted by a flying deadite and later transformed into one. Ash becomes determined to lead the outnumbered humans against the army, and the people reluctantly agree. Using knowledge from textbooks in his 1970. So, right when she right when she becomes the uh, when when she becomes when it's revealed that she's now a deadite. One of my favorites, and once again, it's just overheard. It's a throwaway line. I don't know. You know, all these, all these skeletons. This dead, I, uh, this, uh, this army, uh, is is full of these stop motion um, uh, skeletons. And so, when she reveals that she's now a deadite, you can overhear from the crowd of all these skeletons. I there's a sight for sore bones. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and it's said with such, you know, yeah, uh, such passion. Oh, <laughs> I've been waiting. To be, I've been waiting to see her like this. Uh, and and apparently they were all pirates. Yes, Yar. Uh, using knowledge from textbooks in his 1973 Oldsmobile Delta 88, he, he was a college student in the previous films, yeah. and enlisting the help of Duke Henry. And there was also at, a magazine a copy of fangoria magazine in there <laughs> we've been in just throwing that in there have we for for doll boy mm, no not for doll boy for circus of the dead no oh, no i wasn't in that remember oh well I talked <laughs> my about cam my cameo got cut did you did you talk? i haven't seen this <laughs> I'll, I'll get you a copy of it i'd, I'd like to see that uh <laughs> we, we will have an ad for this show coming up in g fan magazine Ooh, nice. Yeah, it'll be in the next issue. Full page ad. Ash successfully leads the soldiers to victory over the Deadites, and their captain saves Sheila and brings peace to Arthur and Henry. Using a passage from the Necronomicon, the wise man tells him how to return to the present by giving him a potion after reciting the same phrase earlier. Back in the present, Ash recounts his story to a fellow employee at the S-Mart department store. That's uh, Ted Raimi. 
Mm-hmm. As he talks to a female co-worker who is interested in his story, a surviving deadite, present because Ash once again forgot the last word, mm-hmm. attacks the customers. Ash kills it using a Winchester rifle and exclaims, Hail to the king, baby, before passionately kissing the female co-worker. Have you seen the original ending? I guess I didn't know there was a different one. Well, it's on this DVD I have here, but it's also mentioned on Wikipedia. For the film's original ending, using a passage from the Necronomicon, the wise man tells Ash to swallow six drops of the potion to return to the present. Unfortunately, due to a distraction by falling rocks, Ash miscalculates the amount of potion needed to be able to correctly return to his own time, swallowing seven instead of six. As a result, he wakes up in a post-apocalyptic future where human civilization is destroyed, and he screams in dismay at having overslept. Universal Pictures objected to this climax, feeling it was too negative and depressing in tone, and so a more positive and optimistic ending was filmed and ultimately incorporated into the theatrical cut. So I don't recall if that is the ending on the director's cut or if it's just a bonus feature on this DVD, but... Oh, no. It does have a very Planet of the Apes kind of original ending there. Yeah, well, and that could have led to another sequel that went in yet another direction. Right, right, sure. And uh, cover your ears, Jed, because you haven't watched the last season of Ash vs. Evil Dead. They sort of returned to this idea in Ash vs. Evil Dead. All right, you can uncover your ears, Jed. Okay, all right, good. (laughs) Good. I literally did not hear anything. I... (laughs) So there we go, folks. Army of Darkness. Jed, how many pumpkins? We didn't rate the other movies. No, how many pumpkins? We'll, we'll rate them now. How many pumpkins do you give Evil Dead number one? Out of five. Okay, out of five. Gotcha. One, let me get just break it down. One is I hated it. Two is I didn't like it. Three is it was okay. Four, I liked it. Five, I loved it. Mm. I'm going to have to say three and a half. Okay. Uh, I think I, I'm going to go with three. What about Evil Dead number two? Evil Dead number two. I I would say I would say four, just because I liked it better than... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think I'm still giving it a three. Uh, and Army of Darkness. I'm going to have to rate it like five. It's Wow. It's great. I love... It's one of my favorites, really. It it's is. Like, uh, it was like Casablanca numbers there. Mm, well, this is, this is Josie and the Pussycat ratings. We'll see. I uh, probably disagree with you there, but I don't remember <laughs> watching that movie. So, oh, oh you must. But I'll I know you, you love it. So. I will send you a screen pass. You you can watch it on me. I I do. No, I mean I really do. It's but it's also one of those ones that uh, my son and I used to watch, and even whenever he was pretty young, he'd be able to watch a horror movie that wasn't going to appropriately nightmares. You know, too uh, much. There's enough comic relief and three stoogesness kind of going on mm-hmm. in the entire show for him to just, I mean, it, he would crack up. And so I've got that memory attached to it as well. Okay. Yeah. So it's great. Hilarious. I think I'm still going to give it a three. I like these movies. They're okay, but I just, I don't, I mean, I said four as I like it, but it, it, they're, they're okay. Though I do like Bruce Campbell. I guess, I'll, you know what? I'll give it four just for Bruce Campbell. There you go. See, it's, that's how it works for me. I'm a I'm a I'm a Bruce Campbell fan, yeah. but even before you know, I listened to his audiobooks and really became a big fan. I, it's just I I love this movie. 
<laughs> so much fun. Uh, I think I mentioned before I bragged on that I got to meet Bruce Campbell once. He was he was very very nice. Was at a Don't book signing. Told me this. As a bit, I mentioned it. Well, Did I said I had an, I said I had an autographed copy of his autobiography. Yes, that's true. That's I true. get. I guess it, I thought it was implied. He was doing a book signing when I used to live in New York, and he was mm. he was very nice. Seems just like a nice guy in general. That's what I. That's what I hear. No, it it seems to me if you're have any degree of fame, you should work on at least faking being nice around your fans. <laughs> because if it weren't for them, you wouldn't be rich and famous. That is true. Or, or at least well off and famous. <laughs> They'll stop going to see your movies at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get too grumpy too many times and they'll they won't put up with that stuff, Shia LaBeouf. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is gonna wrap it up for Army of hold Darkness. On, hold on a second. Wait what, a minute. Oh, wait. minute. What? There are so many things we did not talk about. Oh, okay, sure. I was, we letting, you, I was letting you get it oh, all. Oh, okay. There. No, no, go ahead. You've got more to say. Say it. Of course. Well, like I said, I do love this movie, and it's because it has so many different um, of my favorite lines. You know, I opened it up to, well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. Right. Once again, he starts off just letting you know this is going to be a completely different kind of movie. Yeah. Uh, he even puts, a, you know, your shoelaces untied. You know, he throws one of those in there right. to to Arthur. This is my boomstick. This is my boomstick. Thank you. You know, uh, shop smart. Shop, shop S-smart. smart. You know, I've got a shirt that says that. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I use that one all the time. Um, you know, and <clears throat> one of the things that he did do that I thought was great in all three of the movies was anytime he's doing something for his like I think at one point is whenever he's uh, securing his girlfriend down on the table or whatever. Another mm-hmm. time, and in another one of the other movies, it's when he's he's um, donning his his uh, chainsaw and his gun and all that kind of stuff. They do these great pop kind of cut sequences uh, um, with all the sounds, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suiting up montage. Yes, I mean he he is excellent. Sam Raimi is excellent putting these in these, in these movies. And that's just another one of his director quirks that I, I really like. And it's, um, it's great. And especially in this one, you know, it's all these quick uh, pop cut sequences because he's got a new hand, mm-hmm. you know, yep. he's got a, he's got one from a, from a, a, a suit of armor. Yes. Yeah. He takes a gauntlet and, <laughs> and they fashions it into a fake hand. Kind of sounds, which I don't know why that can't be from that time period. But, um, you know, he uh, he gets his hand now and he's trying it out for the first time. This is all still part of the pop sequences. And he, mm-hmm. he grabs a, like a like a metal cup and crushes it. And they do a pop zoom onto the people in the background. And they're like, oh, you know. Yeah, he fashions a, not just a fake hand, a, a mechanical hand, a functional mechanical yeah. hand. And and at the very end, he's got his tagline of that thing. Groovy. I just love it. Those those kinds of sequences, I could see them in so many movies, and I always love it when I see them. Another one of his lines in this movie that that I still use: "Give me some sugar, baby." Yep, yeah, love it, love it. I said it before earlier. It's a total Three Stooges movie. Yes, yes. That and that was listed as one of the inspirations in the the previous one as the Three well, okay. Stooges. I mean, I mean, I mean, it totally is in this with the with the book 
with the the um, the skeletons when they're coming out of the thing. He does the he even puts his hand in front of his nose, you know, to block the eyes coming or the to pl- block the fingers coming towards the eyes. And he's all ah, and then they poke him from the side. Ah, love it. Total three stooges. Well, and they would use the term shemp sometimes in their credits. Yes. To, to for various yeah. extras, for various types of uh, small extra parts, they well, would use and, the term shemp. Well, and for and for especially whenever they're doing, if you have a scene that has two ashes in it, one of them's a mm-hmm. shemp. You know, because yeah. they didn't do the special effects, they just had somebody that they filmed that looked like him, and they would do the filming creatively. He talks about it a lot in his um, audiobook, and it's great. Once again, it's another one I definitely suggest anybody go out there and listen to yourself included dominic um but yes to go back on the three stooges um they do have they do have the shimp in there which is if you don't know the story of of the uh there's several in the credits for this movie there's several people listed as fake shimp is there is there do you know why they they call them that i did but i don't recall it specifically i just know it refers to uh if i'm not mistaken what i remember of it is the guy that played shimp passed away and in the in the um, Three Stooges, uh-huh. and so they you know they had the the normal Three Stooges, and then they were still having Shimp in it or whatnot, and they just filmed him from the back. Every okay, that he was in. You just saw him from the back, or from okay, kind of a little slight profile or whatever. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, a Wikipedia says a fake Shimp is a type of body double who appears in a film as a replacement for another actor or person, usually when the original actor has died or is unable or well or unwilling to reprise their role. Their appearance is disguised using methods such as heavy makeup or computer-generated stuff, filming from the back, dubbing in audio, and splicing in past footage from the original actor's previous work, using a sound-alike voice actor, or using partial shots of the actor. Uh, but Sam Raimi co- did coin this term. Yes, he did. <laughs> so, yeah, he, his sudden death in 55 necessitated the use of these techniques to finish the films to which he was already committed. I just love that. <laughs> that, that goes back to the whole thing I love about this group of people making movies is, mm-hmm. you know, it, me me and my, when, when I was in high school, um, I, had a, I had a film group as well. And it was me and my friend Eddie and Mario and my brother Paul. And we all made movies, and every time we'd go up to the cabin in Cloudcroft, we used to have a cabin there, we would make a, a movie because we mm-hmm. were there for, like, a, the holiday or whatever, so we had plenty of time. And so we would do these same kind of things after listening to his audiobook. He was telling me these things. It's like, hey, um, you, you get to so comfortable working with these kind of groups of people that you you can you speak your own language as, as far as, you know, filmmaking goes. You can just be like, hey, I want to do a... Um, uh, I don't know how to how to throw it out there, but be like the, in this the, talking about the whole shimp thing. It's like, hey, we're gonna need like three shimps for this one, and that's all you really have to say. And they'll know exactly why you're gonna need it and what you're gonna need it for, and why exactly you're gonna be using it, so forth and so on. You just have this second hand that you can that you can use that y'all are all seeing things the same way based off of one little word that you said. And I and I love that about the filmmaking process. Um, and that they, you know, Sam Raimi uses it for all of his little movies, or at least he used to, when he was using these same kind of crews, mm-hmm. same people, because they all went to yeah. high school together. Right. Yeah. Uh, Bruce says he used to babysit for uh, Ted. I don't know why Sam wasn't babysitting Ted. 
<laughs> I don't know uh, what was going on there. <laughs> no telling. Don't know. Don't know about that one either. So, uh, yeah. Although Ted uh, Sam Raimi coined the term "fake shemp," the practice was uh, even predates shemp's uh, when they actually did it with shemp. Uh, one of the most notorious uses of a fake shemp is in Plan Nine from Outer Space, when they had to replace Bella Lugosi partway through the film, and uh, a much gloriously just just put that yeah. arm up over your face. And yep. A much, much taller actor just puts his cape up in front of his face. And I don't know. I think that might be where we get the idea of Dracula putting his cape up like that. Because I, mean, I don't really know. I don't know why he would do that otherwise. I don't know. I thought I thought he did it in Dracula. I thought it was done in Dracula. Maybe. Maybe that's why they thought he could get away with it. Right. I was like, that like oh, yeah, just do that. Just do that thing that Lugosi does with his cape. Right. I don't know. I mean, I'd have to go back and think about it. It was it was definitely a the film gods were smiling upon you yeah. um, in that instant, not for the entire movie. <laughs> right. Oh, my. Well, Jed, is there anything else? I don't want to cut you off again. Is oh, there no, anything else you want to add? Those out and, yeah. I mean, just it's once again, it's one of my favorites because it's just it perfectly blends the the comedy and man their their use of stop motion animation is yeah. is amazing i mean one i mean yes you can tell it's stop motion animation but but that does not take away from anything and it's still done right. very well and um way more difficult than they probably knew they were going to get themselves into because yeah. that's Sam Raimi for you. <laughs> we, we're a big fan of the stop motion here on yes. Monster Movie Fun Time Go. Excellent. Uh, the last thing I want to mention before I go is that I did also get to meet Ted Raimi once. Oh, yeah, really? They were having this little weird Hercules and Xena convention mm -hmm. in New York. Mm -hmm. And he and not not any of the leads, but one of the recurring Amazon characters were the guests Oh, and good. and Tim Thomerson had a table, but he wasn't there. There's a lot but of the, well, the Tim Thomerson fan club had a table. The Tim so, Thomerson table. Yeah. <laughs> so I I got to I got to meet uh, Ted, and I joined his fan club, and then a bunch of us went out to dinner at the Olive Garden after, and Ted stopped by to say hi real quick. He couldn't stay and eat, but he just stopped by. To thank, us, breadsticks. to thank us all for coming and for being in his fan club. And I joined the Tim Thomerson fan club, but I didn't actually get to meet him. <laughs> they just had a table there where you could, you know, get a membership package. But Ted was, Ted was very nice. I wish he got more work. I think he deserves it. But uh, there you go. Thanks for having me on the show, man. Thanks for being here. I appreciate it. We need to do some work on those other projects I'm always talking about. Mm -hmm. We won't mention we won't mention it here. That makes it sound but, yeah. worse. <laughs> yeah. We won't mention it in this horror yeah, well, podcast. No, no. <laughs> Folks, thanks for joining us. Uh, follow us on all the socials. Tell all your friends and neighbors. Tell your enemies while you're at it. Uh, don't discriminate. Everybody deserves to enjoy this podcast. <laughs> Jed will be back with me one more time to talk about the reboot and just a little bit about the series. We're certainly not going to go through every season or every episode, but I've taken copious amount of notes. <laughs> well, you won't, single episode. you won't need them. It's going to be a 16 hour podcast. That's a, that's a separate, it's a separate podcast altogether. 
Uh, remember to keep calm and seek shelter in basements and to not misuse science. We will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Funtime Go. Peace. You've been listening to Monster Movie Funtime Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacano Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg. Go!